Father in heaven, we thank you for this opportunity to believe you for miracles and to receive them now that they are ours. Everything that you have in your your covenant with us belongs to us already. You've given it by virtue of your sacrifice. Nothing left to be done except we believe. And so we thank you, Lord, for your faith. We thank you, Lord, for the faith of the Son of God that is capable of performing miracles. So we honor you and love you. Open our eyes, our hearts, our ears. Let us be receptive to everything you want to tell us today. In Jesus' name, amen and praise God. Amen. Praise God. So yesterday we began talking about the fact that you are not allowed to waver when you ask. If you ask in faith, there is no wavering at the time of asking. And um, that part of it is so important because we all know that you can waver in your mind, you can doubt, you can have all kinds of reservations after you've prayed for something. Just because a thought goes through your head, that doesn't mean it's going to come to pass. Do I go to the Y today? Am I assigned over there? Is this my assignment here today? Okay. That's what I thought. Cause I just want to, I just want to be where I'm supposed to be. You understand? I'm a servant. I, you know, I don't call the shots. Just, so y'all better make me know it as my daddy used to say. Or, amen. Thoughts, you, you can't, the old say you can't go to jail for what you're thinking. Or many of us would be locked up for a long time. Amen. And every word you say does not come to pass. Thank God for that. Amen. And some of them we really mean sometimes, don't we? Huh? Well, thank God for that. So we, we thank God that we have a high priest in the heavens who ministers over our words. If he, if he planted that, that, that word inside your heart and you're adding your faith to it, then he will honor it. Amen. And, and, and it will come to pass, but you've got to continue to believe it. You know, we can't just go around sowing seeds and not tend the garden. He wouldn't know where to send your stuff. Huh? Some people change churches like they change shirts. You got me? I mean, people hop around. And and you change your mind frequently about things. Sometimes we get discouraged in in trusting God for things and being patient with him. We don't understand that he is developing our character, the character of Christ in us, as well as taking care of us. Amen. It's like if you you promise your children something. Well, you know, Friday when daddy gets paid, we're going to go shopping and we'll go get shoes. Well, your children don't keep coming up to you when they know Wednesday ain't no paycheck in there. So they keep running to you on Wednesday for it. You know what? I can go sit in the office. I can go in the kitchen and make a sandwich. Y'all better wake up here. Somebody say amen. Good grief. Amen means you are you telling the truth, Barb. Do you all not believe I'm telling the truth sitting here? Well, let's get with it then. I ain't got all day. <laughs> Play.
places to go and things to do. Amen. I be busy too. This ain't my only gig, ain't it right? I got plenty gigs. As little Howard used to say, I got a gig. I say, he keep getting giggy on us around here. What's up with that? <laughs> he was off to bigger things. Praise God. I'm glad for him, so praise God. But but we've got to get with it, folks. Turn to James chapter 1. Maybe you need to start out reading something where you get some faith in you. We'll just have to backtrack a little bit. But James is talking about the power of faith, the prayer of faith, and how to execute a prayer of faith correctly. Verse 5 starts, it says, If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God. Ask for wisdom from God. Don't go asking your brother, your father, your sister, your mother, nobody, but God. And and he gives to all men, everybody, no respecter of persons in what he gives. He gives liberally, which means he'll give you so much wisdom you won't be able to know yourself again. Amen. And he doesn't upbraid it. He doesn't uh, tell you you're stupid for asking or look at you funny. You know, because you ask for the umpteenth time. Like we do one another. Amen. God is not like that. It says, but let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. Anybody who asks in faith, at the time that you ask, you should not be wavering. You should not be asking. You know what that is? That's really tempting God. That's saying, well, God, if you're real, you know, after you're saved. Well, he's real because he lives in you. Y'all to know he's real by then. Fleecing God, uh, trying to tempt him to see if he's going to help you to sue. You gotta be sold on the fact that he's your only help. You gotta be sold on the fact that he is gonna give this to you because he promised it, not only to you, but to himself. He doesn't back on his promises to himself. Amen. It's kind of interesting. You are the most important person that you have to please when you think about it. Because you got a conscience that runs around with you everywhere you go. Amen. Now, some people don't mind not keeping their word. Just tell people anything. Some of y'all almost got married on that pretext. Am I right, Poppy? Baby, we gone. I mean, how I many baby we gones? We ain't done nothing. You understand what I'm saying? Didn't mean to do anything. Amen. So we have to weigh people's words and, and we have to weigh our own words. You know, you are the most important person there is for you to keep your word to. To you. You have to vow to not let any of anything that you promise to somebody go undone. You can't be one of those persons that likes to impress people and tell them you're going to do certain things just to have them pay attention to you. Amen. We should have lost that years ago. Amen. If you know you can't or you doubt you can't keep your vow, then just keep your mouth shut. Ask God to help you to be able to be a more dependable person. Amen. But so God swore to himself that he would do everything that's written in his word. So he keeps his word to himself. And that makes whoever is the recipient of it not important in the equation. See, he'll do this for anybody. 
That's how he can be no respecter of persons because he's already vowed to the most important person that he's going to do this. That's that's why the whosoevers can just believe and receive it. He didn't just give Abraham a promise. He gave it to him and his seed. He don't just give parents a promise. He gives it to them and their children. Do you understand what I'm saying? And so this, 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 uh, uh, covenant that he has, this, this promise agreement he has was first cut with himself. So he becomes a God of integrity who keep his word and he knows he'll keep his word. That's why we can be so certain of what he tells us. Because he's keeping his word to himself and then we become the beneficiaries of it. We're just down here believing and receiving. Amen. And anybody can believe and receive. Don't ever tell somebody they're too, too far in sin to get something from God or they're too far gone to get, or it's too late for this. Can you believe is the question. Amen. You know, Jesus, when that, the man with the, the son that, that had the seizures and his disciples try to cast the little, the seizures out of the little boy, they couldn't do it. Amen. Uh, they didn't know crowd control like Jesus did. But, um, huh? He let out all the unbelievers crowd around them. And kind of goad them into trying to do something. Well, you can't minister in an atmosphere like that. Amen. And so once the Jesus came down from Mount Transfiguration, the, the little boy's dad was, you know, perplexed and told Jesus, I told, told your crew to do it. They couldn't do nothing. What you going to do about it? Amen. And so they have a little discussion there and, and the guy tells Jesus, he said, if you can, and Jesus said, hey, I'm good. My question is, can you believe? Amen. Because that's the problem down here. Ain't none of y'all believing worth nothing. Amen. And so God is good with everything that we can believe him for. He's good with everything. He doesn't care what it is you want, how much of it you can you believe is the question. Amen. And so he has all that we need. He even has the faith that we need. When you believe God's word, that's not your faith anymore that's working. It's his faith. And thank God for it. You don't want your little raggedy crippled faith to be hobbling out there. Some of these days you feel, I just feel the power of the Holy Ghost all over. Oh, I wish I don't want to get out of bed today. Well, which one are you? Thank God when you put your faith in his word, you operate in the faith of the son of God. Amen. Not your, it's not yours anymore. It's who you invested in. It's who you believe in. It's the same thing with if, if you need a ride somewhere and you, somebody promises you, well, I'll come by at 10 o'clock and get you. You got to trust them. If you could get yourself from here to there, you wouldn't need them. I'm going to say it again. If you could get yourself, if you could get the promises of God in your house, you wouldn't need Jesus. So you need him so that you can siphon off his faith as much of it as you can take without getting your little mind blown. Amen. Some of the things God has for us, he can only give us a trickle at a time. 
Uh huh. We get a prophecy and run around like chicken little. Gotta tell everybody, gotta post it 17 times, gotta, you know. And prophecy is a word. Is There's no evidence of nothing. There's nothing tangible or concrete. We just talk about how good it sounds. We just want to hear good stuff. Amen. So God gives us his word. And once you put your faith in his word, it's out of your hands. Just like if I told you I'm going to go come by and pick you up. Once I tell you I'm going to pick you up, all you can do is wait because it's out of your hands. You can't drive yourself. You gave the responsibility over to me. And once you believe God and his word for something, you can't fix it. You can't rush it. You can't push it through. You can't make it better. You got to trust God to bring it to you. But my thing is, stay put. Quit wavering. Quit quit allowing your mind to say, well, maybe it'll come. I don't know. Maybe God didn't even tell me he's going to do that. Well, the devil ain't passing out goodies. Who told you that you could have it if it wasn't God? Amen. You need to at least try it. Add some faith to it anyway to see if it was him. You know, some of us are, are on that level with our faith. Once it comes in, you'll know it's God. Amen? Sometimes we really don't. Don't try to act like you all cool and everything. You don't know everything, everything all the time. Well, I don't know what she talking about. I'm believing. We'll, we'll know what you believe real soon. Huh? When it comes in, send me a postcard. I want to see it. Amen? So he says, if if you ask, he said, let him ask in faith. Have faith in operation when you ask. You must believe that you receive it when you ask for it. Because you do. This is not some like spooky, you know, fairy tale, imaginary stuff, play thing. God don't play. But when you pray, you must believe you have received it right then when you pray. you got to believe God gave it to you then. If you don't believe he gave it to you then, when do you think he's going to give it to you? Well, when? If not, then when? When you see it? Well, then you don't need God's faith for that. All you need is an AK-47 and and enough posse that's crazy enough, you know, enough ride or dies to go out there with you and y'all just take stuff. Huh? If you're living for the natural, we're talking about the supernatural power of God and how it operates in a person's life. When you believe God for something, there is a deposit in your spirit that lets you know that that thing is real. There must be. There's got to be a deposit in your heart that lets you know that that thing is real. Amen? And he says, when you ask, don't waver. Just ask a straight up request. But you've got to believe that it's for you. You can't believe that God is deciding. He's not deciding if he wants to give it to you when you ask. He's not like a human. So we need to take the human aspect and human uh, expectations out of the equation. Amen. You know, you're, you're 
you you couldn't even say that about your parents. Your parents aren't crazy enough to give you everything you want. Amen. So they're deciding while you're asking. But God says, if you can believe me for it, it's yours. Amen. Totally different way of operating with people. So anything that you can trust him for is yours. Well, how do we get to trust God? Good. I'm glad you asked that. You've got to read the word. You got to get to know him. You know, when, when your parents will say things like, well, when you get 16, you're going to be able to get a driver's license. Why do they say that? Because they sick a cart in you everywhere. Because then when you get 16, they look at you and say, oh, Lord, what have I created? All right, Poppy, it's four times you had to do that. (laughs) But you made it on through, and they did too. Amen? But see, you want to, the giver wants to vacillate a little bit. Well, maybe we wait till you're 17 because you can't keep your eyes, you know, you can't stay awake. Through a movie or through school. I mean, what are we going to do with this kid? And so when God gives us something, all that's been worked out. You understand what I'm saying? Your faith won't get to that point if you've got a lot of hang-ups and nonsense and on the inside of you. That has to get worked out first before your faith will work in a flow that God can honor without wavering. What's wavering is your doubts and your fears and I'm not ready and what ifs and I'm not sure and I don't know if I want all that and I don't know, you know, all that kind of stuff. Once that gets worked out of you, then you can ask totally in faith without wavering. And that's what God wants to see. He wants you to totally trust him. Sometimes we have so much in our heads blocking what we, what God has for us. We're reluctant to even pray and ask for much. That's cool with God. Start where you are. He won't rebuke you. I mean, he's just just uh, wanting us to take advantage of the covenant that we have with him. Many of the things we need are not material things. We need many, many things are character things or spiritual things. God, I want to get to the point where I can get up on time for a job every day. So he'll start you at a job that's like where everybody calls off all the time. So you work enough of them shifts where you're the only one working and you'll learn how, you know, this is important to get up and be on time everywhere I go. Amen. People aren't going to wait for you all the time. I don't care how important, how cute you are in that mirror when you go out there, though. They are not going to wait for you all day for everything. You got me? And so this wavering situation, we talked about that yesterday. So we need to address it. And it's important that you not waver when you pray, when you ask, don't come up here. You know, as my dad used to, don't come up here half-stepping. Amen. You better make me know it. (laughs) So anyway, and that's that's the way our Father God is. Amen. Amen. He, you, you gotta make him know these things. You gotta come proper, as they say. Amen. And so he says here, let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. He that wavers is like the wave of a sea driven with the wind and tossed. We talked about that yesterday. It was like, if you can imagine a ship in the open sea, 
with no anchor. And the wind kicks up. That that ship has to go where the wind is. You wear yourself out trying to row against the wind. You might as well just go on float until the wind stops. Amen. And so if but if you are are anchored in the word of God, you're like a ship that's at the dock. The wind comes and you might waver a little bit, but you still are anchored. Why? Because you believed you received it when you prayed. That's your anchor. That keeps you where you're supposed to be. Even though you might have a lot of little crazy ideas floating through your head. Well, it's taken too long. You must have done something wrong. Well, if I did something wrong, Jesus paid for my wrong. Devil, leave me alone. Amen. And Lord, forgive me for my wrong. But I want my stuff. And I'm not going to let the devil. I got it already. And I'm not letting the devil talk me out of it. You have to be willing to do battle over what you prayed for. Amen. I'm going to say it again. Because you know what? Some people don't want nothing bad enough to fight for. But you will. One day you will. You know, you'll see the devil take your, your car. You'll see him take your your clothes. You'll see him take your job. And then he comes for your your uh, your teeth. So when are you going to fight back and make him stop taking stuff from you? Amen. All you got to do is tell him to stop. I see who you are, devil. You let my stuff go in Jesus' name. That belongs to me. We have your name on it. Amen. And 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 fight for what God has given you. You're gonna have. That's why they call faith a fight. It's a good fight. So you're contending for the faith. You're contending to hold on to the faith that's holding all your stuff intact. Amen. In your faith is your, your future. It's your, your family, your children, your house, your, your garage, your, your, uh, man cave, your she shed. All that stuff is wrapped up in your faith. Amen. Amen. I mean, God can anticipate whatever's coming down the pike in the future. He's already set aside your stuff for you. Amen. He just wants you to, to believe that he has given it to you. Already. Why? Because you got his word on it. His word is as good as whatever it is that says that it says. Once you get his word on it. He's not a man that he should lie. The Bible says. Or the son of man that he should repent. Remember how your parents would tell you, well, if you if you behave yourself, I give you so and so. And you quit even asking for stuff because you. You knew the deal. That's why they put behavior on the table. Amen. Well, God is the same way to a degree, but we get to repent and he forgets everything we ever did. Where anybody, a human that's got any sense would remember stuff. Now, the last money I gave them, they jacked it up bad. I'm not going to give them but so much. God isn't like that. If you can believe him for it. And see, the key to believing a lot of things is can you believe your sins are forgiven? Condemnation and fear of rejection are some of the biggest things that stop people at the altar of receiving from God. Because they never think they've done enough of something. You got me? Or if they do something they feel isn't pleasing to God, they think the whole contract is canceled. Nothing's canceled. The blood of Jesus took care of that. 
You couldn't behave on your own for 10 minutes. Come on now. We all tried. We tried that game before we got saved. You tried being good. Huh? Oh, you know, you go to church. Somebody in the family invites you to church. You go to church. You say, Ooh, oh, I like this. I'm going I'm to be good. The minute you get out the door, you light the cigarette or something else. Thank you. Somebody's paying attention. Huh? True that. Or you start sitting sitting on a pew. Oh, they going long. What is it time to go yet? Couldn't even get outside the door. Couldn't sit the whole service. Amen? It's true. So there goes, I'm going to be good. Amen. Your little vow you made right there sitting on the pew because you felt, you felt good because you finally got to church. But you can't wait to leave. See, that's life without Christ. Well, I say life without relying on Him because it's saved people can't wait to get out the door. <laughs> huh? True. You gotta have His power working in you. You, and you gotta rely on him to help you to do these things. Just like we gotta rely on his faith. Amen? So that we can receive the things that we are asking God for. So he says, the man who wavers is like a ship. You never know where it's gonna land. God wants you to be stable so that he can bless your life. You know, some people move around so much, he doesn't know what you're believing for now. Amen. So he didn't know where to deposit the last thing you were trying to believe him for. That's why people say, well, I don't think that works. You know, I tried that and it don't work. You don't believe it long enough. You don't, you don't stay put. You've got to prove to God you're sincere. He knows who he is. you got to prove who you are to him. He's looking to see if you're going to take it and run off with it and squander it like the prodigal son. Amen. That's why you don't get blessed ahead of time. You All your stuff is on time. I don't care how much you whine for it. I don't know what's taking so long. I do. I kind of have an idea. That's why I learned not to say that no more. Because I really don't want to find out the real answer. You understand what I'm saying? No, God, I'm good. You know, I'm good waiting. I'm good right where I am. You know, I have all kind of joy. Yeah. You know, even though you got to force it a little bit. But you're good. Because you dare not want to know why it's taking so long. What did you think about all day yesterday? And this morning? You just put yourself back. You were doing good as long as you were, get your eyes, get my mind stayed on Jesus. I can't do this for so long, God. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? And then the little mind wanders, it's off somewhere else. Amen? Then when you get down that street far enough, you realize how long it's been since you've not asked for God to give you something, but since you were over in the spirit where he was, 
problem. See, there's no time in the realm of faith. There's no time in the spirit. When you're in faith, you cool. Oh God, I just love you. I, let me find me something else good to read. Let me put me another teaching in. I'm, I'm, I'm on Brother Summerall right now. I'm on Brother Hagen right now. I'm on Pastor Barb right now. I'm on whatever, whatever right now. Let me find me another good one. And then, up jumps the devil. Huh? What's taking so long? <laughs> hmm? The voice in your head. And you follow him down the street of wandering, wavering. How long? When's it going to take? What did I do wrong? You got me? And the Holy Ghost just lets you stew like that till you slap yourself and come back. Or, you know, a saint will give you a text or a call encouraging you. That brings you back. And some people don't even get moved with that. You understand? They just are not moved by what God has anymore. That's your, that's your backslider. They're on their way out. They don't want it anymore. It's too hard. I can't do everything I want to do. Gotta live right. All these people coming up to you smiling every Saturday and Sunday asking you, how you doing? I don't like that. Got me? People that, some people don't like anything of the Spirit of God anymore. Amen? But that's not you. Got me? You, you, you know better. Because you can get there and give yourself a Holy Ghost slap in the head. Say, let me get back in my word. I just wandered off. Cause there's no time in the Spirit. There's no time where I'm supposed to be living. There's no time there. There's just God and the good things of the fruit of the Spirit and me expecting good of God. Amen? Because the devil wants to discourage us and make us think God doesn't want us to have what we already received from him. If you've received Jesus in your heart as your Savior, it's a package deal. Everything else you need is included with that. With the power of the Holy Spirit, you can receive anything that you can believe for written in this word. Amen. I don't care how big, how small, how whatever. You can have it all if you can believe. Amen. And so God puts you on a journey of believing. You don't get to believe without him governing you. How crazy would that be? That would be like taking a bunch of kindergartners and, and putting them in the army and just throwing the, the weapons right out there in the floor and say, go for it. You blow yourself up. So God has to guide you. Jesus ministers over our prayer, over our words. He ministers over our lives. He helps us. He knows this is new for us and we're going to get in trouble with it. We're going to get discouraged. We're going to waver. We're going to wander. He knows all of that stuff. And he's made provision for retrieving you. Don't ever get tired of being retrieved. And if you haven't been retrieved in a while, don't think you cool. Amen. Because it ain't about that. Not in God's kingdom. 
It's about <laughs> surviving, enduring to the end. Read the fine print. You know, the big print is believe you receive it when you pray, but then the other thing is enduring to the end. End of what? Uh, whatever. <laughs> the end is the end. Amen. It's work to do here. <laughs> Lots of work to do here. So he says, don't let that man think he's going to get anything from God. Amen. In other words, you can't whine because you waver. There's no excuse for wavering. You don't get a pass if you waver. That's what Adam and Eve did in the garden and lost everything. They didn't start out just believing the devil. They believed God. And the devil came in with his two cents over and over and over again. And Eve began to waver. Amen. And then she changed. She got deceived. Things that looked bad at first start to look good to her. Hello? Amen. They were in perfection. We're trying to reach perfection. Amen. We can be pulled off the same way. Things that used to, when you, you made up your mind to serve God, you swore off all this list of stuff. Then one day it starts to look good to you. Amen. You've been in trouble long before that. Amen. So it's good to keep a short, short list with God. It's good to stay on a short leash with God. Let him draw you back before you get down the road too far. You know, following fool's gold. Amen. Yeah, because the devil will deceive you. You pay enough attention to him, he'll get you. Amen. And that's a promise from him. <laughs> All he wants is a little bit of attention. It's like, you know, you go a few days without thanking God for what he's done for you. And the enemy sees that. So we got somebody who's sleeping on the job. Huh? You should wake up every morning. The first person you talk to is God. If you belong to him, nobody else to talk to. I was married for almost 30 years before my husband passed away. And we didn't talk to each other in the morning. Not getting up, not first. It's grunt. Uh, 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 uh. And you rolled out and you did what you needed to do to get your day going. So even when you're married to somebody, you don't talk to them first. You should talk to God first anyway. Amen. So they'll want to see you when you roll out that bed. <laughs> you know, you on one side, he on the other side, and you glance at each other. So, oh, no, let me just get, I'm going to stay on my side of the bed. I'm getting old up. I'm done. Amen. Thank you, Poppy. Appreciate it. Cosine. But we all been there. Anybody's married says amen. You're just functioning, you know, at that level. Amen. So the enemy sees that. He sees you don't address God like you used to. You got, got your attention somewhere. You're worried about bills. You're worried about this. You're worried about that. Wavering, wandering, worrying. And he likes to draw us off. But you can, just like you wandered off, you can wander right back in God. Amen. God forgives. He restores. He renews. 
You wouldn't reject your children if they walked off from the house. Amen. Got mad and slammed the door. You know, you make sure you leave the door unlocked in case they forgot their key. And you wait for them and you watch for them. Amen. God does us the same way, even does better. He sends a Holy Ghost out after us. You get too, you can't get too far away if you're trusting God. So he says here, a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. So God won't trust you with anything. If you can't solidify that you believe him and you trust him for something, if you keep changing your mind, wanting to go back and not wanting this and not wanting that, amen? That's unstable, and you're unstable everywhere. Your boss can't trust you. Your husband or your wife can't trust you. Your kids can't trust you. Mama, how come we late to school every day? How come I didn't get my report card again this year? Oh, I guess I'll see La. I guess I can go over. I can have a sandwich while I'm waiting on this. Huh? Shouldn't be like that. Shouldn't be like that. Instead of making excuses, and I've heard them all. Well, them fees is too high. I'm not paying all the fees. Well, everybody pays fees for something. And your child, don't you think your child needs to know how they did all year in school? They've been working hard on their grades. You do what you need to do. You go up to that school and tell them, I ain't paying the fees. Give my kids grades. If you don't have the money. But if you're a saint, you'll pray and ask God to give you a way to do that. Instead of you spending it all on you and going through fast food lines with your kids. My right, Poppy? Pay them fees. <laughs> pay them fees. Amen. Don't do that to your children. The Bible tells you not to disappoint your children. They'll, they'll grow up discouraged. You know, you don't do that. So, unstable in all your ways. You can't believe God and God can't trust you to do nothing else either. You understand what I'm saying? So you gotta get stable. Where's your stability? You're reading your word. This will stabilize you quicker than anything will. Cause you get in here and you see what you can do, what you can't do, what you need God for, and where your faith is. And if your faith isn't where you think it needs to be, keep reading. It'll get there. Everybody's faith gets there. Amen. This is not a quit kingdom. You don't, you don't get the luxury of quitting. You got to stick with it just like all the rest of the saints do. Amen. You just have to stick with it. There's no out for you. Why? Because you've promised already. You gave God your word. Forgive my sin and give me a blessed life and I'll serve you. This is what serving him is all about. You got to get this right. Amen. So when we talked yesterday, we talked about this word wavering and what it means. Amen. And we, we said to waver means to be divided. You want this one day and you don't want it the next day. You've got to, to not be divided in what you desire. You can't be divided. Now you can weigh thoughts back and forth as long as you're attempting to convince yourself to make a decision. But you gotta get off the fence at some point. 
you got to commit to something. The easiest way I believe to get you to commit is to stay with the word of God. See, the word's always going to be your answer. You're not going to get a right answer just thinking, thinking, thinking in your head all the time. Where did God tell us in Isaiah? I'm, I'm trying to think. Is Isaiah 10 or Isaiah 1? It's Isaiah 1. Come, let us reason together, says the Lord. Reasoning together means reading his word. That's how you reason together. You'll sit up and think and ask God to put a happy thought in your brain. You go open your Bible and go search for it. Get familiar with what book is New Testament, what book is Old Testament at least. You know, when you hear it, you need to know this word. This is God's, this is his book of promises to you. This is his covenant to you. This is the unbreakable thing that he had. This is the sure thing in your life. So if there's ever been a sure thing, it's God's word. You not going to find it? Listen to them baby babies. Can y'all hear me out there, Sherelle? Thank you. <laughs> what do you think they at? A resort? Huh? You not going to get anything new listening to them brothers. Amen? It's not going to come. That certainty is not going to come from some person telling you what they think about your life or what they think they want to do for you or any of that stuff. You know, you listen to baby, baby, but go home getting the word. What did you say? What you say about that, God? Huh? Amen. Whatever you hear, you measure it against God's word. So you got to get familiar with the word of God. So wavering really means to be uncertain or divided. See, when you go to God in uncertainty, he does not hear you. He does not give you what you're asking for. you got to be certain that he's your source and your only source. You can't be shopping for what you want and see who's going to give it to you the quickest. When you waver, you when you go to God, you got to be certain. You can't be divided. You know, and you can't be divided in your interest. You know, you got to be certain that you're expecting to, to use your faith to believe God. Amen. At least have all your, your eggs in this one, one Bible basket where you're believing God for everything. I don't want anything, Lord, unless it comes from your hand. You got me? You got to get so, so sold on God that you don't use your wits anymore. You don't, you don't try to convince people anything about yourself. Amen. You just let God show them. If if they don't like you, they don't like you. If they love you, they love you. You're not moved either way. You got me? And so once you you settle on that that you're trusting God, you have a certainty about it. You have a certainty that he's the only one who can and that he will. Better than that, he has already done it by virtue of the fact that he gives you his word. Amen. And so he is, he's got to be your only source. It also means to be doubting. And this is what Jesus found with the, the man at the, with the epileptic son. He found there was doubt all around that whole camp. Why? Because they were looking at things in the natural. They were looking at where how this demon had control over this boy and they got nervous and they got fearful and they moved out of faith. They moved over into the realm of the natural where everybody else was. 
So much so that the man tried to tell Jesus he wasn't able to do anything because his disciples weren't able to. And so Jesus told them all they had to do was believe. Shake off this nonsense and believe me. Amen. We can do this. You can stop the doubting. You can stop the wavering. You can stop the going back and forth, tossing back and forth. Start reasoning together with God. Find out what his word says about you, about what he's going to do for you, all of that. Amen. About your past, about your future. You find all of that out. And the more you get from God, the stronger your, your confidence in him is. And the stronger your resolve is to seek him and to seek him as your only source. Uh, wavering also means to agitate. When you agitate things, you mix them up. You cause confusion. Amen. To um, It also means to waver between hope and fear. You know, your your hope is that you'll be able to do the things that are in your heart to do. But your fear is, I don't know how to do it. I, I wouldn't know the first person to call. I wouldn't know. I don't have the money. I don't have, I don't know what all is entailed in this. Amen. And so you've got to quit wrestling back and forth. Forget about the fear aspect. Forget about what you lack. Because God is not basing his ability on what you lack. He said, if I'm your shepherd, you have no lack. So you got to erase everything that's against you out of your mind and begin to get solid in what you believe in God. God, if I got any problems that way, you'll take care of it. That's your job to take care of anything in between that where I don't measure up or where I don't don't qualify. You know, I've seen people believe God for for jobs and they had no qualifications whatsoever for what they were getting. And God saw that they could handle it he's not going to put you in there stupid you know i mean he's not going to take you right off the street and make you president of something you know he's got to see that you have ability and that you're you're interested enough to study to show yourself approved in some things amen and he can elevate you quickly very very quickly I remember uh, my husband was was wanting a job. He he was in manufacturing, and he said, so "I'm just tired of the factory. You know, you, that's where everybody starts out. If you can't make them money, you don't get to get in the office. So you know, you start out what they call pushing steel. You know, and you had to push a lot of it in order to get promoted. And so he just wanted out of that environment. But the way up from where he was was staying in that environment." And he, he took a job and, and there was some, some trouble with his boss that they didn't know why he wasn't competent anymore. They, that he had had some, I don't think he even had any medical problems. They suspect he might have been on drugs or I don't know what it was, but they had asked my husband to go over to assist him, you know, because managers are managers, you know, they can move you laterally anywhere. So he wound up assisting this man and they, said they had to fire him and they gave my husband his job. He got to be director of the department, you know, and being in the right place at the right time. But more than that, trusting God for what you desire. Because we had prayed for him to get out of that environment over into something he enjoyed. And God made a way for him to do it. He had, he was, he was the director of human resources. He never had a 
degree in it, a course in it, or anything. You got me? God will put you where you desire to be. Apparently, it didn't take all that to do the job. (laughs) I don't even want to go down that road of how fake education is anymore, okay? I'm not going there. It takes too long. But you know what I mean. If you're diligent, you're sincere, God sees your heart. He's going to have to help you every day anyway. You know, my husband had been kind of like, you know, he didn't didn't pray with me. He was saved, but he didn't pray with me and let me know all his little spiritual things. I always thought this, one day, one day, one day always comes. Do you understand what I'm saying? And this was one day. He said, um, yeah, you know, I gotta, gotta, gotta get some things straightened out for him. I said, why don't we pray? Okay. Okay. You know, from then it was on. Prayed all the time about everything together. You got me? Don't sweat. Listen, folks, don't sweat stuff like that. Please. My wife ain't spiritual enough. My husband ain't spiritual. No, you ain't spiritual enough. Because you're waiting for them to get something you don't have. Selah. Huh? You know, Christians, we don't complain about carnal things. Everything is spiritual all of a sudden. They don't measure up spiritually. You know, I prayed for a pastor one time. He went ahead and divorced his wife because she wasn't spiritual enough. You know, and you really, I didn't really want to pray for him. I more like wanted to punch him. You understand what I'm saying? It's a good thing that, you know, after God anointed me, you know, as a prophet, I quit holding hands to pray with people. You know what I'm saying? Because there's an anointing you need to release at the right time. But I said, it's a good thing I wasn't touching him at the time. You understand what I'm saying? Listen, for some stuff, I'm just an inch away from where you are. If you're wrong, you know what I'm saying? We all barely holding on sometimes. So don't go there, folks. Don't start judging spirituality in people. You don't have a clue what you, what you looking at. But Jesus told the disciples, you don't even know what manner of spirit you're of. They don't belong to you anyway. They belong to God, spiritually speaking. Can't judge those things. So, so we're not to waver. Waver means to go between hope and fear, doing and not doing something. It means to be puffed up in pride, tossed to and fro, agitated. Amen. It also means having a difficult time deciding either mentally or judiciously. Judiciously means according to right and wrong. Huh? It's like the woman with the issue of blood. Now, you talk about somebody who is trying to judge. She's trying to, 
in her heart, she's thinking, go touch this man and I'll be healed. But in her mind, she's thinking, I'm not clean. I can't touch nobody. So she goes back and forth. What do I do? What do I, this sounds like a good idea, but it can't be a good idea. This can't be God talking to me. Cause if I'm going to do this, I got to touch. And then it comes to her, not him, touch his robe. In fact, touch the hem of his robe. Cause you don't want to be seen. Amen. So she was able to make up in her mind, said within herself, if I do this, it'll happen. And until you get to the point of, of it will happen, you're still wavering. So you got to get to the point where you know it will happen for you and come out of kindergarten. We all know God's not going to have us out on the streets. Number one, if you're in any kind of a church or, or any kind of assembly or any kind of family, you can count at least seven or eight people you know you can go stay with. And they better let you in. <laughs> Cause you are in this, in, in the next door, you got a story to tell everybody that's going to convince them to let you in. I ain't going to stay but so long. Now girl, I know it, this, this look like a bunch of stuff. No, that you got the, the couch on it. Your lounge chair with you and all your favorite things and you understand what I'm saying? I know what it looked like, but girl, I ain't gonna be here long. Anybody in your basement right now? See, when you out of the guest room and in the basement, they know they in trouble. Uh huh. So so we have to move out of thank you God for paying my bills, thank you God for bring my money in. You gotta move on to something that's gonna challenge your faith. And he'll put it right before you. Amen. So that's when you, you Kimball on up to the altar and try to get hands laid on you. See if Pastor Barb will carry the burden for you. Oh, you got to shoulder your own burden. You, it's, it's got to come into your garage. Amen. My garage is full. Amen. I can't take nothing else. So you got to, you got to handle your own stuff. Amen. So, so, wavering you got to stop that amen the bible tells us in in second uh, corinthians 10:15 that we are to cast down thoughts imaginations fiction that's that's trying to exalt itself against the knowledge of god it's trying to be bigger than god in your mind amen so you got to cast that down you have to do what abraham did consider not that has to go on your consider not list. Amen. And certain things you just clear your mind of and don't pick them back up again. If God invalidated them one time, he's invalidated them forever. Amen. This stuff is not for you forever. Amen. The to waver uh, really means uh, to to punish or to avenge. It means to go after certain thoughts in your mind. Amen. With a vengeance. And so once we understand that, that you, you're attacking certain things in your mind, you're casting them down, you're making them of no account, you're making them of no consequence in all of this. You're making them not, not, uh, relevant in your equation. Once you do that and you put all those things aside, then you can ask in faith, nothing wavering. 
You can just make up your mind. God, I know this is for me. I ask you to tell me what I'm supposed to pray about and believe you for right now. And I know this is it. Amen. And just pray it in faith and expectation that God will bring it and it will come to pass. And that's all God wants us to do is continue to do that. Amen. There are some situations in the Bible I thought I would pull out for us so we could get a better understanding of what wavering is. Number one, it is so common. Number two, you can ask in faith and then your thoughts will wander later, but that does not mean God is not going to bring you what you ask for. He can bring it to you as a nervous wreck or he can bring it to you as a peaceful person. The the choice is yours. I like the peaceful thing myself because it is possible for when God brings you something, you don't believe it's for you. You can, your mind can be so messed up where you, you, you don't recognize what it is you prayed for way back when you prayed for it. A case in point is, is in the book of Acts where Peter was put in jail. And they were, the church was praying for him in a certain house. And he got out of jail. Angels broke him out of jail. Don't tell me angels don't break Caesar's law. Caesar ain't nobody as far as God is concerned. And where one of his children is concerned. You got me? Uh, we'll take care of the bail in the morning. You understand me? But we got to get out of jail tonight. Whatever. They were praying for Peter to be released. Angels came and escorted him out all the way up to the, the one of the gates of the city. And after that, they left him. So he was on his own to find where he was going. And he wound up at the same house where the, the people were praying for him. And this girl came out, Rhoda came out and, and looked at him in the gate and slammed the gate in his face and ran back in and told everybody, I know he's praying for Peter, but that ain't him. That's his ghost out there. You understand what I'm saying? He's got to be dead. Everybody caught up now. She thinks they've been praying for a dead man. She had no more faith that that man was even alive, let alone getting out of jail. So everybody heard Peter knocking again. And somebody finally said, go back out there and make sure that's. So you don't tell me you can't waver. These people are in prayer. Wavering in prayer and unbelief. Hello. See, thank God somebody believed they received when they prayed. They continue in to pray. Amen. Which really somebody just should have got up and, and fried some chicken. See, this will prove to you what God says. If you believe you when you receive it, when you pray, you have it. Now, at some point, somebody had it in that room or some other room. You got me? So after that, you can get up and just start rejoicing. But they continue to pray. 
Hello. Now, I'm sure they may have prayed of other things too. But somehow everybody got off of faith and got on to wavering as Peter was being released. See, he was, he was released the first time they prayed. That angel was on his way there. First time they prayed. They continued and got over into unbelief and wavering. All of them. Amen. That's why it's good to just keep your Bible open when you pray. Keep praying the word. Keep speaking the word. Keep declaring the word. At least that, that brings some faith into the picture. Amen. It's a good thing. So, so God wants us to be able to make that decision. When he said in Isaiah chapter 10, let me go back there. I know I mouthed some scriptures, but didn't have you look at them. Isaiah chapter 10 and verse, not 10, I'm sorry. Isaiah chapter 1 and verse 18. This is everything, folks, because God wants us to come to him and to know that we are forgiven, know that we can talk to him, know that we can, uh, you know, at least get ourselves straightened out with him if we're not straight. He says, come now, let us reason together, saith the Lord, though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be like wool. And if you are willing and obedient, you'll eat the good of the land. So if what he's saying here, and this is in our, in our dispensation of faith, when you come to Christ, when you first confess Christ, you come and reason together with the Lord. You hear a good sermon, you know for the first time that you're going to go to hell if you don't repent and ask Jesus into your heart. Once you get that understanding, you have reasoned together with the Lord. And he says, though your sins be as scarlet, white as snow, I remove all the sin from you. Even the ones you think you don't deserve to be forgiven for. I remove those too. And he says, What I'll do after your sins are forgiven, once you let me forgive your sins, I'll take care of you. I'll take care of you from here on out. If you are willing and obedient, you'll eat the good of the land. That means God will take care of every single need that you have. Not just barely, but good. Amen. Whatever you desire. But he says, if you refuse and rebel, you'll be devoured by the sword. I mean, this won't go well for you. How many times will you do that? As many times as you go to him and confess your sins. This isn't just a one-time deal and you got to stay sin-free forever. If you are, it's because he keeps you that way. But everybody's going to mess up some. Everybody's going to get pulled off track. The The snares the devil lays for us, if you knew them, You wouldn't get up in the morning. You understand me? And God delivers us out of every trial, every temptation, everything. Why? Because he continually forgives us. That blood works no matter what you do. Amen. You may think you've gone too far for God to retrieve you, but that's not true. That's never true. Amen. God will come for you. He will rescue you and he will clean you up. 
You don't, you don't sit in the congregation of the righteous feeling bad. He won't have that. He cleanses you. Amen. He does. That's, that's what he wants to do most is make you like him. He's clean. He wants us clean. And so God will do all of these things. We got to believe him for them. Don't let the devil talk you out of God's mercy. Cause it lasts forever. He doesn't, he doesn't run out of mercy for us. Now you may think you deserve no mercy, but he has mercy forever. He said, don't quit coming to me. Don't quit confessing. Don't quit asking. Don't quit seeking. Keep seeking. Because when you reason with me, you come out white as snow. You stay in your own little head where the devil is a lot of times, you won't get cleansed. But you bring it out and reason with me about it. And I'll let you know that your sins are forgiven, even the worst of them. Amen. And just continue to stay clean from there on out. That's all God wants for you to be obedient, willing and obedient. And just walk and follow Jesus. Amen. So in Matthew 16, we see another example of that word wavering. So we we need to study it out a little bit so you'll understand definitely what it is that God's talking about. People get in such condemnation because they have, they want to give up on believing God. And you don't have to. Because you can silence the wavering. Amen. Second Corinthians 10.5 tells you to cast down imaginations. Why does it tell you to cast them down? Because you're going to have them. After you're saved, you're going to have them. Your mind doesn't stay conflict free. And the, the way the devil likes to rob us is through this wavering thing. This conflict thing. It, it says... Jesus talked to the the Pharisees. He says, and in the morning you say to yourself, it'll be bad weather today for the sky is red and lowering. He said, you hypocrites, you can discern the face of the sky, but can you discern the signs of the times? So this word discern actually is the same word as wavering. You look at something and you think in your mind how to interpret the meaning of that thing. He says, you can look at the sky and see what color it is. And you might waver a little. Is it going to rain? Is it going to rain? Is it going to rain? Oh, no, it's going to rain because such and such and so and so. So you're able to make that decision is what Jesus has said. So if it's easy for you to make a decision based on natural things, you can make a decision based on spiritual things. All you got to do is get more spiritual information than you have now. I remember when Brother Hagen was, was telling about his, his healing. He was healed. He had, uh, an incurable blood disease. He was bad, born that way. He was born premature. And, uh, his grandmother was about to bury him in the backyard. And he, she said she thought she saw some life coming out of him. And they decided to, to help him to live. But he was always sickly growing up. And by age 15, he was bedridden. His, his heart didn't put out enough energy for him to, to move anymore. He had a blood disease, which was probably some form of leukemia from what he described what his blood looked like. And that's generally what it looks like. And so, uh, he was paralyzed from the waist down. And he said that they told him he had three incurable diseases. And so he couldn't live. He was expected to die. But he said he wanted to read the Bible. 
and he came upon the 11th chapter of Mark, verse 22 through 25. And he said for some reason he got stuck there because he felt like he could be healed. And if he could, his healing was in that part of the Bible. And he began to study that, meditate. He would confess it over and over again. This went on for months, actually. And so he, one day he decided to obey Isaiah 118. Come reason together with us, saith the Lord. And he began to talk to the Lord. And he said, Lord, he said, I'm going to have to tell you that if you tell me I don't believe this scripture, I'd have to say, Lord Jesus, you're a liar because I believe this. And he said, eventually God responded to him and told him, he said, oh, yeah, you believe all right, as far as you know. And that's what we all do. There's always things we don't know. If there's something you haven't received from God yet and you really feel you should have it, you believe what you believe as far as you know. you got to start knowing something else. And God told him, he said, read the rest of that scripture. It's always in the rest of the scripture. If you got part of it, you got all of it. But we only focus on one part and we don't finish it off. I had a friend that God gave her the whole chapter of one book in the Bible and said that was her ministry. She read the first three verses and got excited and ran off and started ministering. Well, the financing for it was in the last part of it, the part she skipped over. And that's what almost killed her out there on the mission field is lack of finances. So you got to complete the whole thing. You got to Get it back and forth. That's why it's good to meditate and go over and over and over. God, is there any of this I'm missing? What am I missing? Own what you know you don't have. What is it that I'm skipping over? And God says, if you believe you receive it when you pray, it says, then, that little word then, then you shall have it. Then you shall have it. And as he said, he totally changed. He lit up. He understood it from that. And God began to speak to him about faith. Well, if you believe, he said, people who are in faith don't lie in bed all day. He said, you're still in bed. What you going to do about it? And he said, he, he heard the voice of the Holy Spirit tell him faith is an action. It's more than just confessing. See, you got people out here thinking that because they tithe and they confess prosperity, it's going to come rolling into them. But they ain't working the right job and don't want to work as much as they are working. Do you understand me? The Bible says everything you do, what? Set your hand to will prosper. You got to set your hand to something before you see money come rolling in. And most people who are very wealthy will tell you they never quit working. It's a 24-7 thing. You work as much as God tells you you're supposed to work if you're saved. So Brother Hagan said that he threw his legs out of the bed. They were dead weight. Took his hands and threw them out the side of the bed, grabbed the bedpost, and started pulling himself up and slid right down. And he did it again, and he slid right down. 
And finally, he said he felt something pour over him. He said it was like warm oil. He said it started in my head and ran down. And he said as he was standing, he said, I believe I received my healing from the top of my head to the soles of my feet. He continued to confess he he believed it as he stood. He said, and my legs got strong. He said, everything about me changed. He said, I felt my bones start to gain strength and come back together. He said, and before I knew it, I was standing right next to my bed. He said, little by little, the rest of those symptoms left him. He said, but one morning he decided he was going to go down for breakfast. And he got down there and, and his grandfather, they lived with his grandfather at the time. His grandfather was sitting at the breakfast table and he said he had asked his grandfather once if he thought he could be healed. And he said, he said, Kenneth, I believe that in God anything is possible. Amen. And he came down and sat at the breakfast table and, and his grandfather looked at him and said, is Lazarus arisen? He said, yes. Amen. And, and from then it was just encouragement for him to keep going. Amen. And God built a ministry that has blessed millions of people out of that one miracle, that one person believing and reasoning together with him and not taking no for an answer. And refusing to get mad at God because he didn't have it yet. You got me? And let it stay there. And so God wants us to do these things. You can discern certain things. You can have faith. You can settle on God's word. If you can discern what it what it looks like weather-wise by what the way the wind's blowing, you can discern how to believe God's word is what Jesus is saying here. He said you can do this. Matthew 1221 tells us to believe and not doubt. Let doubt go. In other words, you can be believing, but you, you can't add doubt at the end of your believing. Amen. Jesus said unto them, verily I say unto you, if you have faith and doubt not, you shall not only do this which is done to the fig tree, But also if you shall say to this mountain, be removed. This is doubting not. This is not on a whim. We're talking about the faith of God. God's faith has the ability to move a mountain. Yours doesn't. When you think it's a whim, you're thinking about your own. Oh, well, that sounds good. Maybe I'll try that. That's not what he's talking about. He's talking about something in your life that seems immovable will move if you believe God and doubt not. Amen. We have a lot of immovable things in our lives. You know, your, your bank can be immovable because you need a loan. Amen. Your spouse can be immovable because you need their cooperation for something you want to do. Amen. So, so this is God moving that mountain. He's moved mountains already in our lives, whether we uh, can understand it or not. And so he wants these things to be removed. He doesn't want us to doubt him on any score. Amen. He wants us to believe that he can do anything because he can. He says with me, all things are possible. Amen. Mark eleven twenty four tells us not to doubt in our hearts. Because doubt, we've said, can be in your head. You need to be ready to get rid of that too, but you can't help sometimes thoughts that come to you. Because the enemy plants them. It'd be nice if we could have pleasant thoughts and word thoughts all the time. But at the end of every good thought, sometimes there's a 
Really? <laughs> that word doesn't come up, but you feel like that. It's like inside of you, is it really? That's really going to happen for you. You're really going to do that. Amen. No, I'm not going to do it, devil. God's going to do it for me. My God can do anything. So you don't fall into the trap of trying to fight the devil on your abilities. You fight him on God's word. What God has told you. What's he told you? Amen. Don't have misgivings when you pray. Oh, I wish I hadn't have done this. We might think that sometimes, but don't let yourself say it. <laughs> Amen might come up the next time you need something from God. You know, the devil's always trying to block us. Amen. That's why God doesn't tell you everything at the beginning. Amen. Sometimes people say, well, you know, I'd known it was going to take this long. You'd have done it anyway. Because God was your only hope then. He's your only hope now. Amen. He's the only one I know that can get you out of a jam. So we're going to believe God anyway. Don't let your carnal mind rob you your future faith. Let your faith stay in there where God is. Amen. No matter where it takes you. Amen. It can be a wild ride sometimes, but then sometimes it can be smooth as butter. Amen. So you got to be able to roll with all of them. But if you don't waver, folks, and if you don't doubt, you'll get what you ask for. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Why don't we stop? Father, we thank you for your word and thank you for what you've given us through your word, Lord. We bless you. We honor you. We love you and we praise you. We thank you, Lord, because you are worthy to be praised. You're the only one. You're the only one who can open the seal on the Lamb's book of life. You're the only one, Jesus. And we thank you that we have found the one. We don't have to look any further. Father, I thank you. I curse wavering right now in the name of Jesus. I break its power over your people in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you to make them rock solid in what they're believing you for. Now, henceforth and forevermore, let them not forget that they trust in you and they believe you with all of their hearts. Amen. That we are not divided. We are not separated. We don't believe you sometime and believe somebody else another time. But we believe you all of the time. And we thank you for it, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen and praise God. Amen. If anybody needs prayer, I will pray for you. Well, this is a time of being sure-footed in God. Amen. This is the time. This is the time. This is the time of being sure-footed in the Lord. Is saying there's no sense in wavering, it's not powerful. There's no sense in wondering because I've already done it, says the Lord. Don't doubt me, don't fear. Take courage, take strength from me because I've provided every single thing you need that pertains to life and to godliness. So there's no reason I disqualify you from this race, says the Lord. You must keep going. In the midst of all the temptations to quit, in the midst of all the people who are slack and who are unbelieving, in the midst of a backslidden and a crooked generation, says the Lord, you must continue to believe. Because those who endure to the end receive the prize, they receive their deliverance, they receive the whole kingdom, says the Lord. And I'm looking for people who are willing to inherit everything that I have for them, says the Lord, without holding back. So take heart. 
There's no reason to fear. There's no reason to doubt. There's no reason to be ashamed, says the Lord. Your victory is right around the corner if you'll believe me for it. Because I don't delay in things. I've already given them to you. The question is, will you continue to believe? Will you continue to believe? Believe and not doubt. Believe and not quit. Believe and not change, says the Lord. And surely what you're expecting will come to you without fail. 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 fail. Says the Spirit of the living God. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. All right, why don't we do our declaration? I don't have Rona, and she don't have me. I can't get Rona. She can't get me. Thank you, Jesus. By your stripes, we are healed. Amen, amen, and amen again. It's so decreed. Amen. Praise God. Amen.